Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Are you ready for some, some meat and bread from God's Word? Yes. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your Word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't leave us to work our own way. You didn't even just give us a sat-nav or a map. You've given us your word and you've given us your Holy Spirit to speak your word to our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, speak to my heart, my physical but also my spiritual ears, my physical eyes but my spiritual eyes. Help me to know your word. And I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters and myself that today would be a watershed day, a life-changing day where things change in my life because you speak to me and change the direction of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about corridors in life where you've left one thing but you haven't gone into the next thing and you feel like you're in a corridor. Sometimes it's a good corridor where we're learning so much and we love the corridor. We love the pictures on the walls. We love the people we chat to. We just love the experience. At other times, we're stuck in a corridor and God wants us to go into the next room but we can't move on because we're still bound with ropes and hooks into our brain emotionally mentally physically spiritually whatever it is we're bound to the room we've left behind and we cannot move on and that's what i want to talk about today peter was in such a position we're talking about this 40-day time after jesus rose again but he didn't go up to heaven for 40 days and he was this corridor period he was training the disciples and peter in this time, he had failed Jesus so badly. Do you remember the story? Jesus, just before Jesus is about to get crucified, he tells his disciples, he says to them, I'm going to die and I'm going to be crucified. And Peter stands up. You remember Peter? He's the one who just speaks his mouth without engaging his brain. You know, he just says it. Whatever comes into his head, he says it. And Peter says, Lord, even if everyone else denies you and falls away, I will go and die with you. Do you remember that? It's in Matthew 26, 33. Let me read it to you. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. He's saying, I am different from these other 11, or these other 10, because Judas has gone by now. I'm better. I'm the one. More than all of them, I love you. You know that word agape, love in the bible it was a it was a word for love that wasn't used until jesus came along they hardly used the word agape and jesus took it and used it all the time speaking about love and he was saying the love that i'm talking about jesus said is different to normal love it's not just affection it's i'll lay down my life for you and peter was saying lord even if all the rest are useless disciples i'm the one you can trust i will never i will lay down my life and Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And then the other disciples said, Yeah, me too, me, me too. Uh, I, I won't deny it. Uh, whatever he said, that's me. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. And then he denied him. John 18, verse 18. Now the servants and the officers who had made a fire of coals, the Greek word anthrakia, had made a fire of coals, stood there. 
for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood there with them and warmed himself. And just before that it says, um, you're not also one of this man's disciples, are you? A little girl said to him, servant girl, and Peter said, I am not. And he's standing by a fire of coals. Now remember, Peter's the man. I don't know if, let's just reel our minds back three years. Peter's the man who was a fisherman. And Jesus appeared to him and called him. And I'm, there's a reason I'm reading all these verses to you. They will be relevant. So Luke chapter 5 and verse 4. Please just stick with me while I do these flashbacks to earlier in Peter's life because it will become relevant. Luke chapter 5 verse 4. Jesus is speaking on the side of the lake of Galilee. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And uh, then Jesus, verse 11, So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And Jesus said to him, I'll make you fishers of men. I'm just trying to find that verse right now. It's in there somewhere. But Jesus said to them, Follow me, and instead of catching fish... I'll help you to catch men. So all of this is going around in Peter's mind. There was a time in his life when he was a fisherman and a man called Jesus appeared, astonished him and said, come on, look, I can help you catch lots of fish, but I've got something better. Let's catch people and save people. And Peter had followed him and forsaken everything and followed him. Three years later, Peter had said, Lord, I really love you more than anyone else. I will die for you. And, and I will never leave you. And Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. And now Peter had denied Jesus, and it was a mess. And John chapter 21 is where we find Peter in this corridor where he's messed up his life. He's stuck in between. And Jesus is going to heal him of the past memories from that room that he's just left and help him enter into the next room. And there's many of you and I here today, there are many of us here today who you are not moving on in your Christian life because there is a memory or a pain or a hurt, either something that someone's done to you or something you have done where you failed Jesus like Peter did and you're not able to move on. Is anyone willing to admit that today? Are you willing to say, perhaps I'm damaged goods? Perhaps those hurts in my past are stopping me entering into all that God has for me. You're in good company. There's not a single person who is not in that position. All of us have hurts from the past, either things done to us or things we have done which have caused us to not progress. So let's read John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias which is the Sea of Galilee. And in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathan, uh, sons of Zebedee, two others were together. Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Now this is significant. You remember he'd given up fishing. You remember Jesus had said, leave that, I'll make you a fisher of men. 
And Simon is so wrecked with guilt and confusion, he doesn't know what's going on. He knows, Jesus, he knows Jesus has risen again, but he doesn't know if Jesus really still thinks that he is able to be a servant of his, a representative of his. And so he says, I'm going back to fishing. You know, this is a symptom. This is one of the symptoms that you've allowed a hurt from a previous room to stop you moving into the next room. When you, you make decisions and you say, I'll never trust men again. Where you change your mind. You say, I, I'll never serve God as fully as I did in that previous church. They hurt me. I'll never just emotionally respond to an altar call again. I'll never give money again. I'll never help the poor again. I'll never love again. I'll never open my heart again. I'll never submit again. Whatever it is, Peter said, I'm going back to, I'm never going to do this lark of trying to serve God and be a fisher of men again. They said, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat and they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore and the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. As soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and Thrakia, that same word, the fire of coals. Remember Peter had been standing next to a little coal fire when he denied Jesus three times? This word only appears twice in the whole Bible, and it's then... And it's now. Jesus made a little fire of coals. I want you to see that Jesus is recreating the circumstances, the memories in Peter's brain. Jesus is setting up a situation where those exact same memories get brought to the surface. Fishing, a miraculous catch of fish, Sea of Galilee, little fire of coals, denied Jesus three times. Jesus is bringing those memories back so that he can heal them. And he wants to do that with you. He really does. There's memories that you and I have buried deep down that God wants to bring up, not to cause hurt, but to cause healing. Amen? Okay, it's time for a funny story. There was a man, and he was driving along a deserted, dark road late at night, and his car broke down. He got out... And he tried to fix it. He couldn't fix it. He didn't have a mobile cell phone. He didn't have anything. And he sees in the distance, about half a mile away, a light on a farmhouse. So he starts walking along the gravel road, crunch, crunch, crunch. And he's thinking, maybe they've got a phone. Maybe they're friendly. Maybe they'll help me. Maybe they'll give me a bed to sleep in. Or they'll have a way of fixing my car. Or maybe I can get help. And as he's walking, he's walking. And his mind starts to think, wow, I wonder if they're even at home. I wonder if they are at home, if they're nice people. I wonder, I wonder if they uh, even have a phone. Maybe they don't want to help me. Maybe, maybe they've had bad experiences with people helping them in the past. Maybe they're, not very, maybe they're horrible. Maybe they're like that person who's, who was horrible to me before. Uh, but they, maybe there's a real problem. And he works himself up. And so by the time he gets to the door, he knocks on the door and the farmer opens the door smiling and the man says, I don't even need your help anyway. Get lost. And he walks away. Why? 
because he was allowing his own problems, his own emotional issues to stop him moving forward into something else. Friends, many of us, many of us overreact. Do you ever find that? You say to yourself, why on earth do I overreact in those circumstances? You know, when a certain type of person or a certain gender or a certain authority figure speaks to me, why do I overreact like that? It's because there's a hurt. There's a problem that we're not getting over. So let's read on. This is where it gets beautiful. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of them dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. And this was the third time Jesus had showed himself to his disciples as a group after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He's saying, do you remember when you said you'd die for me? And even if everyone else doesn't, do you? And it, the word he used is agape. Do you love me? It's, it's a word that means I'll lay down my life for you. He says, are you willing to lay down your, do you really love me more than everyone else? And Simon said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But the word he used for love there is a human love. You know that I love you the best that I can as a human. You know what, you know what Simon's done in his mind? He said, I failed Jesus so badly, I will never again say to him, I will lay down my life for you. He's made, a dis he's made a vow in his mind that says, I failed and I messed up and I'm, I'm making a vow. I will never do that mistake again. And friends, you know, God's given us this ability to make vows and they're supposed to be good vows based on God's word. But often when we've failed or someone else has sinned against us, we make a vow that is an ungodly vow. And there are people in this room and you've made vows. You may not even realize it. But when something happens, you, pull, you shrink back. You don't give so much. You don't worship so loud or so much. You don't serve so well. It's because you've made a vow. And it's probably because you failed or someone else has failed you. Amen? So, he said, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo, I love you like a human. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Beautiful picture of, of yes, you can still serve me. You haven't... You haven't lost it. You can still serve me as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? Do you, will you lay down your life for me? Do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a human love. I phileo you. He still hasn't quite got it. He's still in the process of healing. Jesus said, tend my sheep or pastor my sheep. That word tend is the word for pastor. And so he's, he's restoring, in one conversation, Jesus is re rewiring Peter's memory, he's healing his memory, he's healing his emotions, he's saying to him, I do still have a purpose for you, I do still love you, you can still serve me, and he's helping him to say three times that he loves him to make up for the three times where he denied him. He said to him a third time, verse 17, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a human? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Can I just say that that grieving 
The Bible talks about repentance as a godly sorrow which leads to repentance and leaves no regret. You know, there's a difference between godly, godly repentance and godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. The, the Bible says worldly sorrow leads to death. We can be very sorry that we've sinned. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, was very sorry that he'd sinned and he committed suicide. Repentance doesn't mean sorrow. Repentance means a godly sorrow where I'm grieved, but I can see a way out. I can see with faith and hope I can get through this and God can forgive me. That's a godly sorrow, and it leads to me changing my mind and saying, I was wrong. I'm throwing out that wrong thinking. Look, I can still serve God. And Peter, after the third time, he suddenly has a godly grieving inside him. And Jesus, you know, Jesus picks the words very carefully. Do you agape me? Do you love me so you'll lay down my life twice? The third time, do you love me with a brotherly love? And Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, verse 18, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourselves, you walked where you wished, but, now, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. You see, Peter was scared. Peter had said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will still follow you. And yet, when the, when the opportunity came, he feared death, didn't he? He thought he was going to die, and so he denied Jesus. Jesus says, when you're old, someone is going to lead you around. In other words, he was saying to Peter, you're not going to die now. You don't have to worry about death. So in one conversation, Jesus is rewiring his brain, he's healing his memories, he's forgiving him, he's recommissioning him into ministry, and he's saying, you don't have to fear any longer. And then he closes it off by saying, follow me. Exactly the same words he said at the beginning, in the boats, in the Sea of Galilee, with a miraculous catch of fish, follow me. He says it to him again, follow me. What does this mean for you and I? Friends, I've had this happen in my life many times. And there are courses and there are intense counseling sessions we can do to go through this. Ancient Paths is one of them. We have a course coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Sign up, by the way, on the back, at the back of the room. But there are other ways. I've had it in my own life where I've been praying and thinking, God brings a memory to my mind. And I think, Lord, why am I remembering that? It's usually when I'm in a time of just worshiping and prayer. And God is taking me back and he's rewiring my wrong thinking, my wrong vows that I made. I will never do that again. Or I will become a hard person. I won't let anyone hurt me again. I'll control situations. He's rewiring them with the, the gentle word of Jesus. And he comes in and he heals and he restores and he forgives and he sets me back on the right path. I've had that happen many times. But I want to just say to you that church on a Sunday is by far the most common time when God has done this to me. We come together, we worship, God's Spirit's in the room. There's sometimes a word, a prophetic word, or, or the Lord says something to your heart. You, your heart is open to Him, and He puts images in your mind, and then the, the Word of God is preached. And it has to be the Word of God. It can't just be human opinions. Only God's Word can heal these things in our hearts. You know, a person who gets up to preach about their latest theory on whatever is not going to heal you. 
Human psychology is not going to heal you. It has to be Jesus' words. He picks the right words. Do you agape me? Do you phileo me? He knows what to say. And the word of God cuts deep like a, like a knife into our hearts, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, the Bible says. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. And at the end of the service, we say, will you repent? What are we saying? Are we saying we want you to humble yourself and grovel? No, we're saying you have an opportunity to decide with your mind, ah, I've been going the wrong way. If I just click back into this right way of thinking, if I renounce that wrong thought, if I forgive that person, if I receive God's forgiveness, I can be healed, put back on the right track, open the door and get out of the corridor into the next room of my life. That's what it's about. You ask me, what is church? That's it. We, in one little summarized picture, we're helping each other get out of these trapped corridors due to wrong thinking and hurts from the past. But it doesn't have to be church. Can I be honest with you? This very week, just the last week, a few days ago, the Lord reminded me of something. I, I, I said, Lord, I love you. I thank you. Thank you for reminding me of this hurt. And he took me back and I imagined the situation. I imagined myself there. I remembered the, the situation, the people, the events, what it felt like. And I said, Lord Jesus, where were you in that situation and what were you saying to me? And he showed me. He showed me a picture of him being there. He showed me what he felt. He showed me what he said. Just a little thing. And in one, I don't know, minute, that's all it took, one minute, all the hurt was taken out of that situation. I don't forget the situation, but it's been turned for good, and now it's a strength in my life. Instead of a shackle that stopped me progressing for God, it's become a strength that is a stepping stone that I can go further for God in. Isn't that amazing? Amazing how God does these things in our lives. I just want to say that Peter was healed of this. 1 Peter 1 verse 8. You know, Peter then writes a letter to various people um, where he's helping them. And he says this to them. Whom, having not seen, you love. He's talking about God. He says, you haven't seen God, but you love him, agape. And though now you do not see him, you believe and you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory. Remember, he said, Lord, I will never say I agape you again. Now he's saying to everyone, we love God. We agape Him and we're filled with a joy inexpressible and full of glory. He was healed. He was healed. And then 2 Peter 1 verse 7, just the very next book. Peter says, that, remember this is the Peter who said, I won't, I won't say I agape you ever again. Verse, well, I'll read the couple of verses before it. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. Now listen to this. Add to godliness brotherly kindness. That's the word phileo. It's actually Philadelphia, but it's the same root. He's saying add to godliness this brotherly love, which is what he said he had for Jesus. And then listen to the next one. And add to brotherly kindness love, agape. He learned the lesson so much that he says to his people who he loves, he's pastoring these people, he's feeding the sheep like Jesus told him to. He says to them, 
Add to godliness, phileo. Add to phileo, agape. He's been healed. And in Acts chapter 3, verse 14, on the day of Pentecost, after, just after this event, a couple of weeks later, Peter stands up, the crowd come, and they say, what's going on? Why is the Holy Spirit being poured out? And Acts chapter 3, verse 14, Peter says to them, you denied the Holy One and asked for a criminal to be given to you. He said to them, you denied. He was so healed and forgiven that he was able to stand up with confidence, not boastful, but there was no guilt left in him. He was completely restored and completely healed. So what I'd like us to do, maybe the musicians can just come up here, please, and, and play a bit quietly. We're not going to make this a long event, um, but I'm going to give us all the opportunity to be healed today. And it doesn't end here. As I said, there's courses, there's counseling, there's people who will help you, there's sermons every single week, that's what we do. Um, we want to help you get through this. Um, and, and we're all in the same boat. Nobody is, is perfect and nobody is free of some kind of emotional baggage from the past. All of us are in that place. So can I ask you to stand with me? In fact, let's sing a worship song and then we'll, and then we'll go forward from there. Hallelujah. So what it'll be, it'll be something where you overreact, where you find yourself overreacting. You get more angry or more defensive or more sad or whatever it is. That's a key. That's a kind of a, a way of knowing what these areas are. Or maybe you just know. You know it was that hurt that that person did to you. You just don't even have to think about it. You know it was that thing. Or maybe it's a sin, a failure that you've done where you, you feel like you've promised God something and you didn't do it. I want you to just imagine that thing. Just imagine it. Just say, Lord, help me. Help me to be healed of this thing right now. Just imagine yourself there. Imagine the circumstance. Maybe it was a, an authority figure came and said something to you or did something and you remembering how it felt, how you felt, what the, the environment was. Or maybe, maybe whatever it was, whatever your circumstance, just say, Lord, help me to remember that time. And then say, Lord Jesus, where were you in this situation? Where were you, Lord? Show me you in this situation. And just imagine Jesus there. And then ask him, say, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me in this situation? How do you feel about it, Lord? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing hearts even now, Lord. Just talk to him. Just tell him you love him. Just thank him. If you've sinned, say sorry. I repent, Lord. Sorry for letting this change who I am. Change the direction of my life, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. He will forgive. He will cleanse from all unrighteousness. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. He says it's forgiven. If you keep saying it's not forgiven, you're calling Him a liar. He says it is forgiven. If you confess it, you are washed clean. Agree with Him. Say, thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiven. 
somebody's hurt you, you just say, Lord, I want to release them. I don't want to hold them to this anymore. I, I forgive them. I bless them, Lord. I leave it up to you to judge them. I release them now. Let that forgiveness wash into you, but also wash into the others who've hurt you. Let them go right now. And then the last step is to engage our will and say, Lord, I, I wrongly used my will to decide a wrong direction. I'm sorry, Lord. I chose to withdraw. I chose to control. I, I chose to ignore. I chose to rebel. Whatever it was, I'm sorry, Lord. I now choose. That's all repentances. Lord, I choose to follow your way. I'm sorry I believed a lie based on a hurt and I choose to believe the truth and live according to it from now. And he floods in. If you choose to do right, if you say, Lord, I want godly repentance instead of worldly sorrow, he floods and he says, yes, we can do this. I can make you a fisher of men. I can make you great and do great things. All the things that I want for you, that next room I've got for you, I will help you, but you choose to reject that previous lie. I'm sorry, Lord, for it. And I walk in your truth from today. And I believe many of us are going to do that today. Father, we thank you. Let's just give the Lord the glory. We thank you, Lord, for what you do, for what you, only you can do, Lord. We could pay psychiatrists thousands of, of pounds to, to help us, and they couldn't heal us in the way that you can in an instant, Lord. Jesus, you can heal deep down to the very core of our being and you can restore us, forgive us and set us free and set us on the path to the next thing you have for us. Lord God, I pray for all of us that you would help us not to let this end today, but to let this be a continual process from now onwards, Lord, for every single one of us. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.